0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's another episode of the Random Joe Show. It's July 1st. We are a go with episode 13. It's been a busy summer for me, which definitely kept me from recording. Uh, but I hope you've had a wonderful summer just like I have. It's been real busy within real life stuff. And uh, it has been uh, been pretty hectic. Perhaps you've had a similar situation, but... The nice thing is, still had some time to play some video games, and there's always time every now and then to sit down and chat about them. So, I thank you so much for joining me today, uh, being a part of the conversation. If you're new here, this show is a video game book club where we play through games together and then discuss them on Twitter and Discord. And then I incorporate your thoughts into a show that I then record, which is this show. Uh, my name's Joe, I'm Random Joe, and, and uh, I'm glad to be uh, doing this once again. Now, next week's game, we'll start with that. It's going to be Super Lucky's Tale, which is on Xbox Game Pass. If you have uh, that, definitely check that out on Xbox. Then sound off on Twitter and Discord with your thoughts. If you get a chance, play along with me. If you're not on our Discord, you can always reach out to me on Twitter, or if you've got me on Discord or on Xbox or PlayStation, my PSN is Joe Meaden, my Xbox is Joe The Meaden, and my Twitter is JR Meaden. So, hit me up on any of those different places. I'd love to get you involved in our community, I'd love to get you involved in the conversation. And really where this all came from is the desire to play through games in my backlog, to work through some of those games that maybe have been sitting on the shelf for a long time, games I picked up in sales, games that I had kind of worked through a little bit but not really been able to fully bear out or ones that I had just straight up played one level and shoved it back on the shelf. So, some of these games, too, are going to be games that come on Game Pass or some of these different uh, some of these different services like PlayStation Plus, Games with Gold. I generally am adding only the ones that I really think are, are compelling for me personally to that list. And Super Lucky's Tale has been something I've been interested in trying out. It looks a lot like Banjo-Kazooie or Mario 64, something like that. And uh, I'm definitely excited to uh, dig farther into that. I've actually been playing it quite a bit the last few days. Uh, while I haven't been able to record, I've found a little bit of time to play that game. Uh, but today's show is about Halo Combat Evolved. That's the first Halo game, the one made by Bungie, uh, now, wow, almost two decades ago. And it's it's a well-known, it's a revered game, and as is my usual practice, I'm going to go over what I liked, what I didn't like, my overall impressions, and then share what other games I've been playing this week. I want to do something pretty cool in that section I get excited about this kind of stuff, which totally just, you know, it underscores the fact that I'm just a nerd about this stuff, but I love it when GameScoop every quarter pulls out what are the highest rated games on IGN and then talks about what in their estimation for them personally are the front runners for a a game of the year type discussion. And that's been really fun to listen to. And so I figured I'd, toss my opinions out there and I also hit some of you guys up in the discord got some of your thoughts so I'm looking forward to sharing that in that section but first let's start with our game of the week Halo Combat Evolved let's start with the first question what is Halo Halo is a science fiction first person shooter set in space and specifically at a special ring with a planetary surface on it humanity's fighting a bunch of aliens and nobody knows what the ring thing is for turns out it's like a giant nuke spoiler alert the game's really old and you've certainly heard of halo i mean come on it's one of the benchmarks for first person shooters for even console gaming in the last several years and this game really was bungie's breakout hit it originally launched on on the xbox and gave that platform a lot of viability it had an incredible attach rate with that console and went on to be one of the best-selling games i think even the best-selling game on that console um what I'm playing this time around is the Master Chief Collection, which includes the HD-ified anniversary version, and in that you can swap back and forth between the old visuals of the original game and then the new remastered HD visuals on the fly. So I played with a little bit of each kind of look, but it's still the same basic game. There haven't really been any changes to the majority of the game, just some of the visuals. Now, my history with the game dates back to when I was in college and For some of you, this probably resonates with you. I really cut my teeth on first-person shooters, specifically of the twin-stick variety. Like, we played Doom growing up, and I'd played some multiplayer in terms of GoldenEye and Perfect Dark, but having the twin-stick layout was something that Halo introduced me to. And it was something that I really began to understand, learn, and enjoy, specifically in regards to Halo 2. I had a bunch of friends that lived in the dorm with me that brought their Xboxes home we're not home, but to the dorm after one Christmas break. And let's just say, I think I dropped a letter grade in all my classes that semester. It was incredible. I loved getting a chance to do it. We played on Xbox Live. Sometimes we'd play four player on one screen and then we'd be networked to the Xbox in the next room also four guys in there, it would be yelling at each other, it would be fantastic. I have a lot of very fond memories about my beginning days in first-person shooters on Halo, and in many ways, my preferences and the things that I like about first-person shooters can kind of be directly related back to what Halo 2 is like, and some of the things that I liked about that. There are exceptions to that, of course, but mainly my preferences, especially in regards to games like Destiny, go back to the Halo franchise. Now around that time, I had a crummy laptop, but it was still powerful enough to run Halo One on PC. So I picked it up, and it barely chugged through the campaign, but it allowed me to to enjoy it and and get through that content quite a bit. I'd never actually played the campaign of Halo Two, although I had played a ton of the multiplayer. The reverse was true in terms of Halo One, because I had bought it for PC and didn't have anybody to play with, nor would my computer even have been able to do that. Uh, I played all the campaign over and over and over again and played none of the multiplayer so for some that might be a different experience but that was kind of where i came from now recently last summer before destiny 2 came out i wanted to play through all of the numbered halo games because i realized that with the master chief collection with halo 5 i had them all but hadn't played through most of them i hadn't played through the the, the uh the campaign of halo 2 or halo 3 or halo 5 and so I thought this would be a great opportunity to to revisit one and four, which I had very fond memories of, and to explore some of these games that I really hadn't played, and it, it's fairly fresh in my mind. Halo One is, but it, it was fun to come back, and it really is such a classic. And in some ways, it's a classic for me personally because it was a landmark game in my own development and you know experience as a gamer. But it was also you know such a weighty franchise. It still is in terms of uh, console gaming and and its name is still recognized around this world. Even to this day, it is such a weighty title. Now, there's also this special kinship I feel between Halo and Destiny. So playing it always feels kind of like coming home in a way that's kind of difficult to describe. In part because, as I mentioned before, my roots are with Halo 2's multiplayer, but also because I've played more Destiny than any other game I've ever played before. And so coming back to Halo, it has those bungee fingerprints all over them, even though it's not exactly the same kind of game. Now, I played through the first half of Halo One in this for this you know podcast, and then I I stopped once I got to the the eternally labyrinthine, you know, terror known as the library. Some of you will remember this level where you had to go through corridor after corridor after corridor after corridor of the, I want to say the hive. It's not the hive. It's the flood. So I, I knew that I was going to do this, but there you have it. So the flood. And I didn't really feel up to uh, revisiting that one. I have some very painful memories. I don't think I ever beat that level on heroic. If I did, I beat it on a heroic and then just stopped playing uh, back when I had it for PC. So I didn't try it on heroic this time. I got to the, the library and said, I've gotten enough of this game. I've got enough out of it. So what were the things that I liked? What were the the things that really stood out to me on this particular playthrough? First, the chess-like combat of Halo, with its two-weapon system in conjunction with the encounter design throughout the game, really holds up nicely, and and it really demonstrates what a superb game it is now still to this day, and what it was, that really the, the bread and butter of Halo is the weapon system. It's having these two weapons where any enemy that you defeat can drop their weapon, you can pick it up, you can utilize it, and each weapon is a very specific tool. It has a specific range, a specific use. It has something that you're going to use it for, and it is a very definitive playstyle type weapon that forces you to kind of mix and match those weapons to create a loadout that will then determine how you will approach a combat situation. And the chest-like combat that, that it that it's sports here, is really great. It's it's kind of uh, unhindered by some of its its kind of backwards things. And that gets into the second thing that I would mention, which is the shooting mechanics. Even though they are somewhat outdated, they remain sound and they feel very satisfying. Even in spite of the fact that they don't contain so many of the modern industry standards of first-person shooters, like the recoil. Uh, that's a It was a weird thing to get used to. The guns don't actually kick up. Uh, They have some measure of accuracy penalty, but they don't kick up. You have specified hit markers that are just common all the time. The ability to ADS, none of those things are in this game. Uh, Even directional damage indicators, I don't think are in Halo 1. Um, They might be, but if, if they are, I've forgotten about it. Those conventions are conventions for a reason one of those conventions that halo does have that everybody followed suit with was the regenerating health mechanic and it's not in its perfected form because you still had these uh like little health bar type things that were like your baseline health and so you'd have your shields but then your baseline health would not regenerate you'd have to find a health pack on the ground and so even in that like it feels a little bit outdated but it did set the standard for what was to follow in many ways in that space Now, this is one thing that I think enables the core combat design to succeed so well, and that's the sound design. The sound design is incredible. Every noise, the sounds of the weapons, the hum of the health regeneration, everything in this game is so carefully structured, so carefully scripted, and really almost enables your imagination to fill in the gaps. The the visuals are not always the best. The dialogue's not always the best. The weapon models are not always the best, especially if you play on the old graphics system. But really, the sounds are so distinctive. They're so well-recorded, well, uh, well recorded and, and, and the quality of it is so good that it really puts you right in the action. You don't feel like you're playing an antiquated game because it really pulls you in. The sound design is just absolutely marvelous, and that's something that, even though the visuals have not really kept up with it. Even some of the mechanical aspects of the game have not kept up with modern conventions. The sound design is still just just stop and phenomenal. It's just great. And I think it will remain to be so. It really does set the standard, and it, it remains excellent. Um, limited ammo. One of the things I really like about the game. Limited ammo forces you to try some different things. See, the game doesn't have a ton of weapons, and this is something that... Um, in other games, you might ding it for the fact that it only has X number of guns, right? There's not a lot of guns in this game, but each one feels like a significant tool requiring choice and a specific play style to make it work and having to rotate them because of the limited ammo supply forces you to be versatile, uh, versatile and, and improvise. And, and really that's one of the things that I appreciate so much about, what this game is offering is that it forces you to kind of be a jack of all trades. And that's what I like to do in games like Destiny. I play with random loadouts. I like to use a lot of different weapons. I like to rotate things. I don't like to get set into a specific mold. And Halo forces you to continue to improvise, to continue to try things, to continue to to look at the tools that you have available to you, to not give you all of the tools that you could possibly have, and force you to make decisions based on the best of what you have currently available to you and i think that that ends up being a very powerful experience and you feel like you're constantly scrounging for supplies it almost feels akin to something like a survival game where you're you're trying to figure out how to make it through the next encounter the next area the next room and that that sense of danger and that sense of pervasive like never having enough of your ammo and your weapons is is a, really contributes to the tight kind of uh combat and, and mechanic design uh of the encounter so it's, it's great i really really like that and i think that it, it works so well not because it's a great mechanic on its own but because it it pairs so well with what they were accomplishing in so many other areas of the game one of the other aspects i really appreciate about the game is the, the way that they tune difficulty and one of the things I will constantly criticize games is that if the difficulty level in the game is merely that they turn off the enemy hit points and they, they do extra damage to you, I'm out. I'm not interested. That is not it's, not... it's not a fun way to increase difficulty for me. Some people love the challenge. More power to them. I am not interested in that. What I like and what I think this game begins to do is it sets the standard for creating difficulty around the fact that their encounters are already very chess like and so what they do is they add enemies they change the the number of enemies and the number of this type of enemy and that type of enemy and changing the the essentially the the constitution of those those encounters dramatically affects the way that you must you know go into them and and granted they do scale health and damage But that doesn't feel like what makes it difficult. What makes it difficult is that you have to find a new solution because perhaps on normal, you could just come up and shoot this one guy and then you're set, but now there's two. And so you have to approach it a different way. Those enemies will flank in a different way. The way that they've encoded the AI and the way that they've designed those encounters makes the bump in difficulty feel satisfying, interesting, and causes you to have to think more about what you're doing, uh, which I really appreciate the the effort and the time that goes into that i've never been one to play it i don't think i don't think i ever played it on legendary and i barely played it on heroic i think i like i mentioned i got halfway through the game but i always appreciated the way that the encounters shifted even just slightly because it allowed you it forced you to to then change the way that you were approaching situations there's also one of the things i want to mention is that there's there's a beauty and an artistic balance in the og graphics so i swapped back and forth for a while I ended up settling on the original graphics they're not as pretty they're not as hdified but one of the things that is really special about them is that the presentation and artistic composition of the game and of the play spaces still remain really great and one of the things that they're excellent at doing is directing the player it's very easy to know where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do next with the original graphics whereas everything is kind of layered with this new sheen in the new graphics, and it's kind of difficult to understand exactly where they want you to go. And some of it is as simple as in the OG graphics when you're on one of the uh, when you're on one of the ships. Uh, I think it's a Truth and Reconciliation level, and the way that they designed the doors, they look like you know doors, and it's not as clear whether a door is locked or open. Whereas in the original graphics, the way they did the lighting and the way they designed the doors makes it very easy to see which doors are unlocked, which doors are not unlocked and which way you should go. And the lighting in those specific things highlights what kind of a path you ought to take. And those little subtle things, which are almost imperceptible unless you contrast them with the new graphics, are such a helpful and 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 well-designed thing that the original graphics for me, ended up being significantly more helpful and more interesting. Now, I hated to go back to the old weapon models because the new weapon models look gorgeous, but I really, really like the, the design, the balance, the artistic composition. All of those things were just excellent. They're constantly drawing the player's eye exactly to where they need to be, what they need to be focusing on, and where they need to get to, which is exactly what you want in a play space. That's exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And so the artists in the original did such an excellent job directing you. So I think that that's worth shouting out. Another aspect that I really liked was just that there's such an in- immense variety in the environments and the combat spaces. There's a lot of close quarter stuff. There's long maps. There's spots where you have to get in and take a vehicle. There are different areas that are large, you know, open, defend the forts. There are areas where you have to push through even though there's stuff coming at you from all sides there's all kinds of different encounters there's there's a variety there that really spruces it up and makes it very interesting and that coupled with the types of enemies that you fight and how they fight are really great even just in an artistic sense, there's a snow level, there's a swamp level, there's a level where you can't really see in front of you, there's a level out in a green pasture, there's a, there, there are these close quarters levels on ships, there are large scale battles that occur. They really do a good job of, of mixing and matching those different things and creating a really, really uh, engaging experience mission by mission. Each mission really feels distinct and unique and carves out its own place in the campaign. I was amazed at how many of the missions I, I knew exactly which mission I was in. And I remembered, oh yeah, this is the mission where I have to go around the cliffside and fight these different enemies and I have to kill the grunts that are in cannons in this order or else they'll take me out. And I remembered those things still because of the way that they are, just because of how distinctive each mission is. So very, very good. Very awesome. The last things I will shout out that I love about this game are two things, the shotgun, and the pistol the pistol is amazing this thing's basically a sniper rifle and the last word all in one this thing's amazing the shotgun is better than any fell winter's lie you've ever seen this thing is super fun sounds beefy sounds great the pistol's amazing you got a little zoom scope on it that thing is accurate does tons of damage those two weapons are just a joy to use and I do think it's good that they don't let you use them all the time because otherwise I just would and I would never use anything else. And the game would be significantly less difficult and it would be less interesting. So thank you, Bungie, for not allowing me to only use that stuff. But man, those things are great. So, what did I dislike? Well, for starters, the library, <laughs> as you can probably tell. And well, and and that and, and the flood generally. The, the first flood mission... I, I still think is great though. That's the fifth mission of the game. It's the one where you go through the swamp area and you go down into the previous site. And that site is overrun by this creepy, you know, th- you find the, the, the dead Marines and you look at the, the video logs of what happened to them before they died and you follow the strike team into the vault where the hive, or hive, I did it again, the flood have been kept and that mission is great. That mission is awesome. After that, the flood really get old for me and, and somewhat I, I will 100% admit it is certainly a me thing. I don't like fighting the flood, not nearly as much as I like fighting the covenant, not nearly as, as much as I liked fighting the forerunners in halo four. I, I liked fighting the other things in halo much, much better than fighting those stupid pesky flood. So Yeah, half the game then, I don't love. The first half of of Halo is really great. And the story of the second half of the game is phenomenal. But yeah, take it for what it is. I think the, the biggest thing that I dislike about this game is its checkpoint system. I mentioned the fact that there are aspects of the game and of its design that are antiquated. This is the most egregious example. The checkpoint system is really rough to say the least. It seems like frequently, frequently, it saves at awful times where your supplies are extremely depleted and you're going up against a difficult enemy. And if you would just be able to go back like two minutes before then and redo that encounter that you just did, you know, you'd be able to come in with like better prepared with better weapons, but there's nothing you can do about it in the short term. Right. And, and that's frustrating because it keeps sending you back to that and you know that if you were to re you know reload the whole mission you'd be going back like 15 20 minutes maybe it's really rough uh, at least i found it to be rough the other aspect of it is that sometimes it just doesn't it just straight up doesn't work because of the way that it calculates whether or not it's an acceptable time to save it's done both positionally like once you get to a new area and also by danger and proximity of enemies, and so. If the enemies, once again, it's not an exact system, but if the enemies are a certain distance away from you, it just will straight up not save. And so you could end up going back 10, 15 minutes to the last checkpoint. And and that's that's just as frustrating. And it it ended up feeling extremely defeating for me. I really enjoy this game. I like this game. I I want to, you know, I wanted to play it. This system really, really... Uh, it took all the fun out of it for me. (laughs) It really did. And so this was not really a strong system in my estimation. One of the other, just, this is a a randomly obnoxious thing, and this really has to do with the physics system. Grenade chain explosions and the physics of weapons, you know, reacting to explosions, made some frustrating things happen. First, the grenades, right? So let's say that you kill an enemy and the enemy had a grenade on him. The enemy will drop the grenade right there. Sometimes you don't see it. So let's say you chuck a grenade over there to deal with the dude. Or, even worse, the other enemy that's standing next to him picks up a grenade out of his pocket and you shoot him in the head. He drops the grenade. Guess what? There are two other grenades there. That means the grenade explosion is going to be three times the size that it was. And so your previously safe distance is now an insta-kill. And then you go back to that checkpointing system, which sends you back 15 minutes. It's very frustrating because a lot of times it has nothing to do with you playing it incorrectly. Just, oh, well, that enemy happened to have a grenade and sometimes he doesn't. And this time he did and his friend pulled out a grenade and he dropped his and it all blew up. It can be very frustrating. Additionally, with the physics of the grenades is that sometimes the grenade will go off and so let's say that you're running low on ammunition and you finally killed that elite, right? And the, the elite's like, yes, he dropped, you know, a needler or he dropped the the Covenant, uh, like, rifle, whatever that is. The blue one that shoots, like, an auto rifle. And you're like, I need that. And you go over to his body and the gun is nowhere to be found because there was an explosion at the last second. And now his gun is ricocheting all over the innards of this Covenant ship and you cannot find it for the life of you. But you really can't go into the next area until you find it because you just don't have any weapons left no ammo left those once again a lot of this is a combination of systems right and it's an unfortunate aspect of some of the the design here that just didn't hold up but those things were extremely frustrating and once again it hurts my desire to keep playing i just don't i'd rather play something that was that was more polished in some of these ways because these small annoyances just drive me away Additionally, and this is a personal thing, I know some people are going to be real angry about me saying this, I don't like vehicle combat, and I don't like the vehicle controls on the Warthog. They're always a sore spot with me in Halo games, in part because I don't play them co-op, and the Warthog in particular is a, is a vehicle designed for two players. I am not two players, I am one. And even if I had two players, I don't think I'd enjoy it too much. I hate the vehicle sections, I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. I'm sorry. Sorry to all of you that I've offended. <laughs> They make me a very sad Joe, but I just, I don't like them. I'm glad you do, but I don't. So what are my overall impressions? Well, Halo is a household name for a reason. It's certainly one of the most influential games of the last 20 years, even in terms of just establishing the dominance of first-person shooters. I mean, it seems odd to think of a juggernaut title coming out in 2018 that doesn't have shooting in it or that isn't a first-person shooter. But when Halo came out, most big games didn't necessarily have shooting in them. Halo is still great, but it's marred by some antiquated systems that for me and some of my preferences uh, harm my enjoyment of the game. Thankfully, the backbone is still very sound. It's definitely worth revisiting um, and, and particularly it's worth trying out if you love first person shooters and have never played it before. It's still a great game. You can get it in a, in a, in a great package with the other f- uh, three Halo numbered games with the Master Chief Collection, and that should be coming to Game Pass sometime shortly. So if you've got that, hang on, you know, get a chance to play it. It'll probably be worth your while. Now, what were your thoughts? Uh, Andy responded with, uh, TX Andyman, that is, responded with Classic uh, when I wrote that that's going to be the game that we're going to be talking about. Black Dragon said, man, it is definitely the best with Classic graphics, and he said he's probably going to download it. I don't know if he ever did. Uh, I am inclined to agree with you, Black Dragon. I think the classic graphics are head and shoulders above the remade anniversary graphics. Dreadnought said, greatest of all time. That's all he put is just goat, you know? And I do want to plug, he's got a new podcast coming out soon. I'll include some details on the next show. He came on here with me a few episodes ago. Definitely check it out if you're interested in hearing from him. I'm not sure exactly what he's going to focus on, but it'll be something in regards to gaming. Definitely check him out. Also, a.k.a. Manny G said he is looking forward to uh, to hearing this episode. And I also want to plug his and TX Andyman's show, The Gaming Adventure Club. If you're not listening to it, you really should. They go over gaming news and talk about all kinds of different things. They have got phenomenal chemistry. They've got wonderful voices. And they are a joy to listen to. So definitely go check that out. The Gaming Adventure Club podcast. It is awesome. Now, remember... For Game of the Week next week, it is Super Lucky's Tale. It's free on Game Pass right now on Xbox. I've been playing quite a bit of it lately. It's a 3D platformer, very much in the vein of Banjo-Kazooie or Mario 64. Now, it's not quite as polished as either of those two games. The quality's not quite there, but it is. It, that's the general framework it falls in, and it's not a bad game. I would just encourage you, if you do try it out, just get to World 2. I was really underwhelmed with World 1. I was ready to read it, The Riot Act. And I got through World 1, and I got to the second hub world, and it got substantially better. And I have really enjoyed it. It's not perfect, but I just, I really like games like that. And it's it's definitely scratching some kind of itch. I'm going to finish it. 100%, I'm going to finish it. Not, not I'm going to 100% it, but I'm going to finish the storyline of that game because I am enjoying it uh, substantially. Although it definitely has its flaws. Now, what have I been playing? Now, this is the part of the show where normally I share with you uh, non-game of the week games that I've been playing and kind of share my perspective on them. Usually, this is the section of the show where I just talk about Destiny 2 for like 10 minutes because I love Destiny 2. But today, I want to take some time... And, uh, and follow that trend that I mentioned before, game of the year watch. So if we were to end 2018 uh, right now, what games would I pick as my favorites for 2018? Uh, my game of the year so far is, and this is not even close, is Slay the Spire. I've mentioned this on the show pretty much weekly. I love this game. It's still in early access, is getting lots of development. It's supposed to be releasing this summer. The third character is already out, which is they said it would be out before the game released, and it's already out. So the game release has got to be getting kind of close. Uh, they're kind of honing in on some of the small details. It now feels like a fully featured product. I I would hold this game up, even though it's an early access. This is a fully featured product. This game is incredible. It is a deck-building, roguelike dungeon crawler, and it is amazing. It is a game that I've sunk over 100 hours into. Uh, I don't play a lot of games that much. I absolutely adore Slay the Spire. My runners-up would be Full Metal Furies, which I had on the show a few weeks ago, and I absolutely, I really love this game. It has a special place in my heart for some reason. I just can't forget about it. I loved the soundtrack. I loved the game. I 100%ed it, and it's just, it's great. It's such a good game. The last game that I would say is another runner-up would be Celeste. I really enjoyed Celeste. I thought it was great. I thought it was telling a powerful story. At the same time, I do envision that Celeste will not make the cut for game of the year as the year goes on. There's a few games I'm looking forward to playing in the rest of the year, and I wanted to share those with you as well. I'm looking forward to trying out God of War. I've heard so many good things about it and feel like at this point, I've got to put aside the fact that I've never played any of the other ones and that I wasn't terribly interested in it and give it a shot. Also, Spider-Man's coming out. I'd really like to play that. I don't know that I'm going to play it before the end of the year because it's coming out three days after Forsaken. Yeah, like that's going to happen. I am not going to be playing Spider-Man. I will be playing Forsaken. Uh, And that gets into, I'm really looking forward to, I'm not sure if this would even qualify for a game of the year, but I make the rules, so I guess I'll just make the rules. Forsaken, the Destiny 2 expansion that almost feels like a new game, Uh, potentially, is way high up on my list of anticipated titles. The last one is coming out a week and a half after Forsaken, and that's the new Tomb Raider game, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I love the new Tomb Raider games. I cannot wait to play this one, and I'm looking forward to trying it out and sharing my thoughts with you when we get closer to that. Now, what are my picks so far for non-2018 game of the year? Now, in a year like this where I'm playing through a lot of my backlog... It's going to be inevitable that I'm going to play through some games that I hadn't heard of before, but that did not release in 2018. And so they wouldn't necessarily qualify for like a 2018 Game of the Year list, but they're things I want to at least give mention to. I think the game, once again, we have a frontrunner that is so far ahead of the competition, it's not even funny. And as I'm sure as a surprise to no one, it is Destiny 2. And I will firmly say and confidently say say right now, Destiny 2 is in such a great place for me as a gamer. I think they have absolutely nailed the balance between grind, between reward for grind, between reasons to pursue things, meaningful pursuits that are behind some of these things, time investment, the hobby is back I love Destiny 2, and it is so good right now. After the Go Fast update, with the changes to the Nightfall loot system, the changes to movement, the changes to supers, and the the addition of Masterwork weapons and Masterwork exotics that came in Warmind, this game is in such a phenomenal spot right now, and I cannot get enough of this game. I love it. And I think that Destiny 2 is a shoe-in for my non-2018 game of the year. I don't know that anything's going to be able to even come close to it. Uh, I don't think there's any question that it's going to remain in that position unless something really drastic happens at Forsaken, but even if it does, I've had so much fun the last three or four months with this game, I just can't see it ever slipping. The other two uh, picks that I would say are like runners-up would be Awesome Knots, which I talked about a bit at the beginning of the year. That was a game I played through specifically for this project, for the Random Joe Show, before I started recording the podcast. I was playing through my games alphabetically, and I played Awesome Knots. This game's amazing. I love it. It's a uh, it's a MOBA, so kind of like Dota 2 or League of Legends, but it's 2D, so it's kind of like Smash Brothers and a MOBA mixed together. Now, I put about 40 hours in this game over the course of about three or four weeks and then really haven't played it since. Um, I played a little bit on PlayStation, and, and it wasn't nearly as good. I was hoping to be... because I. You could buy the the full pack of all the stuff for less. Um, The PC is definitely the best place to play, but I'm just not competitive enough. But I will say that I've watched literally a hundred Awesome Knots Let's Plays from Slow Wolf this year and Awesome Knots has been a fixed part of my consciousness. There's a new character that just came out and I can't wait to watch some videos of Slow Wolf playing with the new character. I'm really looking forward to the updates for that game. This is almost assuredly the final year that this game is going. The developer, Ronimo, is already kind of forwarding what they're going to be doing in the coming years and has basically said they're moving on to other projects. This game's been around for six years. I'm really glad to have discovered it this year, and I've had a wonderful time. The last game on this list, which is probably going to get edged out by something else eventually, is the perennial... Uh, love interest I have with Diablo 3. After discovering it last year, I just cannot get enough of this game. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy what they've done with the support for it. Every time a new season comes around, I am raring to go. I'm excited. I jump in. I make sure to level up my character. I got myself to Torment 13 last season. I'm going to probably do the same thing again this season. I just haven't played since I really just kind of started the season. And uh, I've really been enjoying it. I'm playing on a Demon Hunter and it's been super fun and I can't wait to, to sink some more time into that. Uh, other games I'm looking forward to playing during the rest of this year, honestly, random stuff from this show. I now have such an immense backlog that I think that I'm probably going to find a gem or two that I really latch on and I'm looking forward to the potential of finding a game like Awesome Knots that I didn't even know existed or know that I would enjoy as much as I did and allowing that to kind of shape what this year is for me gaming wise. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that'll be really fun. I need to get back to playing Shadow of War and Assassin's Creed Origins. Those are both games that I got at the end of last year and just didn't play. I played for the first hour of Origins and the first 15 minutes of, of Shadow of War I loved uh, Shadow of of Mordor uh, immensely, but wasn't really drawn into Shadow of War because of some of the design changes they made. I just didn't think it would appeal to me as much. But uh, we'll we'll see where that ends up. I'd like to try those two. And then, of course, games I'm looking forward to playing, more Destiny 2. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to that. It's going to be fantastic. Now, I asked you guys to share your picks for best gaming experience of the year so far as well, and we had a great conversation about it. Black Dragon said he hasn't really played many 2018 games, which is kind of the the theme. There hasn't been a lot of games that have come out so far this year. But Warmind was one of his big picks that was a standout for him, the Destiny 2 expansion. And he's really looking forward to playing Spyro Remaster Trilogy. Now, that's one that I would kind of put under that category of non-2018 games. I only have ever played like the first couple levels of Spyro, for the original playstation and never played the other two so i'm looking forward to trying those out i would love to get a chance to play them and with them being remastered i will probably pick that up and give those a shot as well black dragon says he's also been playing guild wars 2 uh, there's a new expansion that came out and he's been enjoying that immensely bit dead he shared uh, that he hasn't really played many 2018 games he's mostly just been playing destiny overwatch call of duty and forza horizon 2 once again, BitDead, thanks so much for the support, man. He is he is awesome. He's always commenting on our stuff, and uh, he, he has been sticking with the standard stuff this year. A lot of a lot of solid stuff there. Hope you've had a, a wonderful time with all that stuff, BitDead. and maybe you'll find a 2018 game that will uh, that will catch your interest later. Andy uh, asked where God of War fit on my list. He said it. It sounded like he was really interested in, in that one. I'm not sure if he's played that one yet. But he was asking where that one fit on his list, or on my list. Oh, I, I, yeah, because he doesn't have a PlayStation anymore. He used to have one. But he was asking where that one fit, and uh, I said I hadn't played it yet. Dreadnought uh, said he's still waiting to play something that really feels worthy of the title of Game of the Year, or even being nominated. He, he doesn't really feel like he's played anything that's been released this year that is even part of that conversation. Manny said it's still way too soon for him as well. Uh, he sees a lot of great stuff coming in the fall that really have him excited. I know they just did a a show on Assassin's Creed coming up. He's very excited about Battlefield. He's very excited about a lot of the things that are coming this fall. And Guild Wars 2 has kind of been the most enjoyable thing so far this year for him. So thank you so much, guys, for joining the conversation. It was great to have that that chat. And hopefully you guys are enjoying engaging with the conversation with just talking about gaming and our, our shared love of that. Um, a couple of other shout-outs from the gratuitous amount of Destiny 2 I played this week when I leveled up Dead Orbit to rank 50. I'm not proud of it, but I need that Lance Catalyst. Uh, I mentioned I've started Super Lucky's Tale, and after the first hour and a half, I really started enjoying it. I'm having a really good time with it. I played it most of the day today, and uh, I've been messing around with uh, Pokemon Quest for iOS and having a really good time with that one so far. I'm not sure how, how much appeal that will hold for me, but... Um, my brother-in-law is trying to get me to, to start playing Lineage 2, which is a it's an Asian MMO iOS game. And I tried it out for a little bit, deleted it, reinstalled it recently. Might give that a go as well. Now, that was a lot. I think that's going to do it for us for this week. But thank you so much for listening. We got through a ton of stuff. Lots of great conversations. Lots of great gaming to be had. I'm not sure when the next episode will drop. I'm getting close to uh, to beating Super Lucky's tail, so it might be very soon. But we'll see what happens. Um, Still gonna be pretty busy. I have a I have somewhat major trip coming up, and we'll be out of town for a little while. So July is gonna kind of be pretty sporadic, just like June was. And uh, I, I hope you enjoy what you what you're hearing. Anyway, though, I hope you're getting some time to be with family. I hope you're getting some time to be with friends. To enjoy your summer, to be outside. That's what life's all about, not just about video games. So I hope that you're doing some of that too. And I'll, I'll look forward to kind of catching up with each of you throughout the summer. If you want to be a part of the conversation, contact me on Twitter. It's JR Meaden, or you can contact Random Joe Show. I check it periodically and uh, I'd be happy to, to chat with you, get you a Discord invite, and we can chat about games and group up for different activities. Love to get a chance to do that. I'm also very active in the Destiny Reset. Uh, podcast group that's kind of my heritage and uh, ultimately if if you're in that community you've seen me around so I love playing Destiny and grouping up for it if you ever want to do something you just let me know and uh, once again just continue to send your feedback thank you so much for all the support if you like what you're hearing let me know and uh, thank you for listening and I hope you have a fantastic week gaming you have a good one